everyone. I'm Tina. And I'm Serena. And we are the Mental Health Mamas. Welcome to No Need to Explain. We are so glad you're here. First, as always, a quick disclaimer. We come to you not as mental health professionals or experts in the field, but rather as parents with lived experience who are on a mission to normalize the conversation around mental health. If you or someone you love is experiencing a mental health crisis, please seek professional support. You'll find a variety of resources in our show notes and on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. Tis the season for travel. Yes, Serena? Oh, it is for sure. So I, I googled travel and mental health. And if you do that, you'll find all these resources touting the benefits of travel for our mental health. And we've we actually had a a guest on recently talking about that. And that's all true. And I I would like to talk about some of the challenges of travel, especially when it comes to traveling with our kids who struggle with their emotional health. We always promise to be real. And this is real, right? Mm-hmm. It is it is a real struggle. So let's do this. There is a lot of stress that comes with traveling with your family. And as Serena knows, I do a lot of traveling now and my kids are older and I mean, older, like they're not with me when I travel and it's, it's a thing. Traveling's Mm -hmm. a thing and it's, it can be very stressful. Right. And anytime stress increases, there is potential there for our mental health to be challenged um, and uh, might increase the risk of some mental health challenges. Um, Although I feel like that's something that is not talked about very much. No, because it's always about the wonderful parts, mm-hmm. right? right. <laughs> so we will be real. As, I, as I'm as i saying, we are here for you to talk about all the real stuff. So today we want to share some of our personal experiences around traveling with our kids and, and now traveling just with my husband. <laughs> and, you know, the things we've learned along the way that, that um, can make the whole experience just a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. So I want to start out by saying that I... I love to travel, even though I think it's not going to sound like that over the course of this episode. <laughs> um, so, Tina, you travel a lot, as you mentioned, at this point in your life. So what are your feelings about travel? Yeah, I, too, love travel. And I think part of what I love about travel is going to new places and exploring new things. You know, I really try to, especially when my kids were younger and still now, think of it as an adventure, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, my husband often reminds me that we, we, when we hit bumps in the, you know, proverbial travel road, right? It isn't always the glamorous adventure that one might imagine. Mm-hmm. And it certainly wasn't that way when our kids were younger. So there was a time in my family when travel was not really a possibility. It was just too hard. And when we finally got to a point that travel was more of a possibility, I would say we had a good routine going at home and we kind of learned to manage the day-to-day challenges as long as nothing big came up. Um, and then we would hit the road, right? And suddenly mm-hmm. we would remember all the things that were so hard before. Um, they kind of like 
crop up again when we're when we're traveling. Yeah. So so say a little bit more about that. So clearly I can't speak to other families' experiences uh, with travel around mental health concerns, and there's not a lot to be found about it. But uh, for my kids, I can share our experience. Uh, travel really seemed to bring out all of the anxieties and those fun behavioral challenges. Uh, so <laughs> just one example of this, um, this may sound kind of funny, but it was, it was a really big deal and it still can be. Um, so the, the challenge of public restrooms, right? So if you think about the automatic flushing toilets, the strangers, because you're in a public restroom, <laughs> um, those hand dryers that are so incredibly loud, the smells, um, I would forget how hard these things were for my kids until we're on the road and surprise, here we are. And now suddenly my kids are dysregulated. Yeah. And so when you ter- use the term dysregulation, you essentially mean emotional dysregulation, kind of the instability to manage emotions and that your emotional response to that stimuli. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So it's a term that I use a lot. And when I looked it up, I thought, okay, this isn't quite what I what I think of when I when I say it. So I hope I'm using this word correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's it means, you know, that my kids are just off, right? When I say they're dysregulated, they're not their you know, normal, happy selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that ends up looking like is that automatic flushing toilet or that loud hand dryer sends them into a full-blown meltdown, which, you know, clearly not ideal if you need to, you know, use the the public restrooms. And really, it could be anything that sets them off, but it tends to be the things that are unexpected or not part of our everyday experience. Mm-hmm. And I think part of what you're talking about here is that super sensitivity, right? Mm-hmm. So that overstimulation of whatever the environment is, because we get used to what's in our environment. Right. So that's everything about travel from the crackly airport mm-hmm. uh, announcing to the bing bongs to the, I, I think of the um, those little carts in an airport that carry people from gate to gate. And they're like, woo, woo, woo. Right. Yeah, everything, right? <laughs> everything about that. Like, get out of the way, honk, honk. What? We're in an airport. Mm-hmm. We're not on a road. So, um, and, and it really has to do with that. Where is their brain, right? So when we're in our, you have very smart children, Serena. And when they're in those thinking brains, it's all good. Mm-hmm. And when they're in their dino brain, any of us just get dysregulated, right? We we all were in that dino brain, flight, fight, flight, freeze. Mm-hmm. Meltdowns are, ex- I mean, we can expect that. That should right. be normal, right? Right, right. Yeah. And I would say, you know, I think all parents have experienced this to some degree. And especially when your kids are tired or hungry or we're tired or hungry. Um, and this brings us to our first suggestion. Mm-hmm. And that suggestion is when traveling, do your best to stick to a routine that as closely resembles normal as possible. It can be really tempting to try to fit in all the things. And I'm going to tell you that even my kids were just here for a a little bit of time. Hangry is a real thing. (laughs) Don't ignore it. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) And sometimes I I felt like 
I was the mean mom, right? Because um, that sleep piece is so important for my kids. And I know that. Uh, so I've been known to say no to all the fun things mm-hmm. like fireworks or late night movies just to protect the sleeping time for my kids. Because here, here's the deal. The fact remains that it is me who has to deal with the consequences the next mm-hmm. day, right? Mm-hmm. Not the not the people at whatever fun event we're going to. Exactly right. And so, Tina, I know how much you personally protect your own sleep. I totally do. And regular listeners know this. Um, So I'm going to give you an example from a recent trip that I took with just my husband and I. It was We were on the last night of the trip. So each night it kind of eked out a little bit. Okay, my bedtime's at 10 o'clock. Well, we were in the hotel room at 10 o'clock, like just gotten there. And then the next night was 1030. So this particular night, the last night was 11 o'clock. I was super tired. It was a late event where we really were, you know, talking with people and being on. And my husband has a super demanding job that really doesn't ever stop. Um, We could have a whole episode about how to stop your super demanding never stop job, but we will leave (laughs) that alone for now. We're just going to put that aside. So he really felt like he needed to work when we got back from this dinner and it was 11 p.m., way past my bedtime. (laughs) And I really do try to prepare. So I have this sleep routine. I'll turn the lights down and I wash my face and get everything, you know, like get my pajamas on. I have a sleep mask, especially for hotel rooms and a white noise machine, which is just a phone app, honestly. Um, But the lights being on and the typing of the laptop, they are really not conducive to sleep. Maybe I need earplugs. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, That's tough. It is tough to protect your sleep when you're traveling and, you know, you're sleeping in a weird bed with a weird pillow and the whole thing. Right. Right. Good point. And I wonder, uh, was that maybe when you texted me at 1030? At- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just so you know, listeners, I never text Serena after 10 p.m. <laughs> except on very rare occasions. And in fact, I usually get the text back that says like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who is texting me at 10.30? <laughs> uh, so I mentioned that there was a time when we really didn't go anywhere. And I totally get that if that's where you are as a family. And in the same breath, I want to say that there are things that we have learned along the way as a family that I I wish I'd known back in the day. Mm-hmm. It might have made it all easier for us. Yeah. So one of the things we can do is really manage our expectations around a trip or a vacation. Clearly, if we have a family member who struggles or we struggle ourselves, mm-hmm. right, um, with the change in routine, and I really believe we all struggle with that, mm-hmm. right? We like like to be in our routine and being away from home, being away from your pillow and your blanket and all the things, right? (laughs) It will likely not be the trip of our dreams. And that doesn't mean it can't still be fun, but just managing that, right? Right. Being reasonable about what we can actually do and not setting these, you know, really high unreasonable expectations for ourselves. Uh, It helps us to avoid that inevitable sense of disappointment. And so I can remember there was a vacation we were going on as a family and thinking it was going to be this really magical vacation with all three kids. And my youngest was a year and a half old. Um, What I did not anticipate is that (laughs) my youngest would uh, play the part of the koala on this trip. (laughs) 
she was attached to me the entire time. And I felt like I couldn't do anything. And I remember thinking, when is my vacation? <laughs> I remember that little koala. Oh, yes. And <laughs> I'm curious how you manage that particular vacation. Yeah, it was uh, exhausting and frustrating. Um, but what I will say is uh, my family always tries to find the humor in the situation. And I, I'm not sure we were laughing at the time. Um, looking back, I can laugh about my little koala. And um, so so on that particular trip, so she you know, is a year and a half old. So she's still eating with her hands. So when I say she was attached to, I mean, literally, like she did not leave my body. Um, she sat in my lap to eat all of her meals. And so she would eat. And then in between bites, she would grab my shirt, um, which meant everything she was eating was all over me. And uh, <laughs> it's something my kids still talk about today, about how many shirts she ruined on that trip. <laughs> I can just see it. I can just see it. <laughs> and... You would say this is just another ward venture. That's right, ward venture. And so <laughs> I, I've talked about this. I think I talked about this uh, when we started the podcast like two years ago, which has been a while. So my family refers to all of our outings as ward ventures. My last name is Ward. And we've discovered, like you, Tina, that calling what happens an adventure makes it all a little bit easier to handle um, because let's face it, something always goes wrong. Or is that just us i don't know no 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 <laughs> so ward ventures are all about expecting the unexpected and then doing our best to roll with it mm -hmm. so maintaining routine managing expectations including those unexpected things right mm -hmm. and really maintaining what you've heard us do this whole time is the sense of humor. You've got to laugh, right? Mm -hmm. So what else, Serena? So in my search on this topic, I did find two articles. Like I said, it was really, really hard to find a lot of information, official information, I guess, this is information for you. But <laughs> <laughs> Our official information. <laughs> um, so um, they, we want to share just these two articles and um, some tips from them, and we'll link to them in the notes. So if you want to check them out and read all of their suggestions. So the first one comes from the Child Mind Institute and is called Chips for Traveling with Challenging Children. They suggest that when in a public space to keep an eye out for exits and have an escape plan for a quick getaway if needed, which is, I don't know, it's sort of funny to think about. But I would add that um, you should have at least one backup plan and maybe 10 backup plans. I would totally agree with that. <laughs> and 10 is a good it's a good round number. I think so. It's a good yeah. round number. So, yeah. So the same article also suggests considering an apartment or a vacation home to rent to kind of minimize the need for eating out. And it's interesting because my now young adults, they often do the B&B &B mm -hmm. thing. They don't, they don't necessarily stay in a hotel. So it's interesting. That is interesting. And and I would say some of our most successful trips have included that access to a kitchen, either in a in a home or in a, you know, kind of suite style place. Um, and that home type environment. So yeah, I think that's a great idea whenever possible. Mm -hmm. The other article I found was by a mom named Christina Holly. 
And the article is called Traveling with a Child with Mental Illness. And so I just want to say how much we appreciate. This was written by a mom like us. And Christina, I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, we would love to have you on our podcast. Yes, we would. So in this article, Christina talks about the challenges of traveling with her son who lives with bipolar disorder and social anxiety. One of Christina's suggestions is to communicate the plan early and often. Such a good point. And I think pre-planning what the trip will look like and then discussing with your kids, or if they're old enough, even planning it with them can be super helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do a lot of pre-planning. So Christina also recommends going to familiar places and gives the example of sticking to the same hotel chain. And um, I like this idea. I think, you know, um, uh, particular hotel chain can be familiar. And I know my kids are all about the like, what do they serve for breakfast? Yeah. You, you know, the other thing I'm, I will observe that you do that probably you don't even stop and realize you do is you often find like parks and playgrounds mm-hmm. wherever you are, which is kind of cool. That's like a thing that, you're, that you do true. with your family. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And I think going back to our own expectations of the trip, it can be helpful to acknowledge our own feelings about everything. It really is okay if you're feeling disappointed or frustrated by an experience or any other feeling you're having, right? Right, right. All feelings are valid. And I would say that trip I mentioned before with my koala, um, I'm not sure I did acknowledge my feelings. It was like I was waiting for it to be okay. (laughs) And it just, it wasn't, it never was. But anyway, (laughs) so um, since we're having this discussion during the holiday season, I I also want to make sure we talk about those family gatherings that might bring up some challenges as well. Yes. So good point. There are, it's definitely a different level of stress uh, when we're thinking about family and friends and, and even seeing people, Serena, who we don't normally Mm -hmm. see, right. They might just be um, yeah. People who are, who are hanging around the family, right? Right. And I think this is where the pre-planning also comes in handy. So having a conversation with other adults involved, and I would say, especially with our children with mental health struggles, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't expect everyone to understand. So they may have certain expectations that are just not possible. Um, Like a family photo session where everyone is supposed to be happy and smiling right the perfect facebook family with the matching clothes and yeah it's it's perfect right mm. <laughs> yeah no or or what about the expectation that we're going to all gather for this like formal meal and that your kids are going to eat everything put in front of them politely and with gratitude no no <laughs> So uh, definitely worth having a conversation in advance about what reasonable expectations might be, and then really making space for your kids to be able to take a break, and you are allowed one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I I think it's right there is a big part of supporting our kids, you know, sort of helping them speak up for themselves. Mm -hmm. And when they can't... um, you know, speaking up for them, right? So knowing when they need a break and helping them take that break when they when they need it um, and go with them and take the break with them. And speaking of time and space, um, Tina mentioned this briefly before. So something else that I found really helpful for my family when traveling um, is to make sure we schedule in time for nothing. So that, you know, time to be outside at a park, at a, you know, playground, time to relax, time to go for a walk. 
just being outside, uh, even when it's really cold, seems to regulate everyone. Exactly. Um, And well, we as parents manage everyone. I will say that again, we manage everyone. (laughs) Remember that, especially as our kids get older, that modeling good self-care is important, very important, right? Mm Self-care, important. So if the scenario is that you're taking a flight to see your family for the holidays and the flight gets delayed, which may or may not have happened in my life a lot of times, (laughs) well, we're going to acknowledge that all feelings are valid. I'm also going to acknowledge that spinning out of control yourself in front of your family, at least my family, tends to encourage spinning of others, Mm -hmm. right? So making kind of checking in with yourself for a minute, gathering yourself so that you can continue that wonderful adventure at attitude, right? So we know that the holiday season may send you on an adventure. We hope it sends you mm-hmm. on an adventure, right? Because adventures are fun, mm-hmm. right, Serena? Right. Re-listen to this episode as often as you need to. We've presented some tips and tricks and we're happy for you to use them. But the most important thing we want you to know is just know that whatever is normal is normal. And we're just going to normalize that. And we want you to laugh mm-hmm. because that will that has saved us on more than one occasion. That's right. More than 100. More than 100. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of times. A lot of times we'll say. Okay. Sounds good. And so podcast friends, we are, as always, grateful for all of you listening and supporting us. Help us out by visiting Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review while you're there. Subscribe so you have all the episodes ready to go and share with others. You will find more content on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can call us. We have a voicemail. Leave us a voice message. Share a bit of your story. Tell us about your travel adventures. Tell us what mm-hmm. you think of the podcast or just call to say hi. Hi. Yes, we would love to hear your travel adventures. And this is your gentle reminder to take good care of yourself while you are also taking care of your people. Thanks for listening. Bye.